the mother-loving future show hosted by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose, two mothers and detectives dedicated to fully embodying a new paradigm of conscious parenting, deeper relationships, healing ourselves into radiant health and epic answers to age-old enigmas. Get ready to get your mind blown. Because this week's episode starts in three, two, one. Blast off. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. We're your hosts, Amber and Jenna. And today we are with the beautiful Lorena Garcia discussing how to best nourish nursing mamas. Hi, ladies. Hi. <laughs> that was a cute little orchestrated hi. <laughs> How is everyone? Good. Very, very We're good. Super excited. We're excited to have you on with us today, Lorena. Get some of your wisdom. No, I am super excited. I feel like there's this topic is not often talked about much. So I'm really, really excited to share what I know with everyone. So thank you so much for having me here. Our absolute pleasure. And before we get too far into the good stuff. We are over the moon to announce that this episode's sponsor is Ona Organics, where every product nurtures both the physical body and uplifts the spirit and the mind. And you know, Jenna and I and our commitment to organic, and that is why we are rooting for Ona Organics. We love this product. Their products are made with 100% organic adaptogenic bioavailable, nourishing, purifying ingredients, including the magical Moringa as a central element. More about this later, but for now, for 20% off your entire purchase, head over to their website, ownerorganics.com or our shop tab. Now let's get into this week's episode. All right, Jenna, are you ready with your definition on nourishing new mamas? Absolutely. So this is my definition for nourishing nursing mamas. Sorry, is, nursing mamas, correct. Yeah, no, <laughs> nourishing nursing mamas. It is very easy to focus all the attention on a new baby after birth, but the importance of taking care of the new mama cannot be ignored, especially in the 40 days after giving birth. A new mama is trying to recover from a major physical event, taking care of an infant, and learning how to breastfeed under high-pressure situations. Um, how a woman treats herself and is treated within the very tender postpartum period just after giving birth can affect a mom's health for the next 40 years. Newsflash, new mamas need to be nourished, rebuilt, catered to, coddled, and loved beyond measure. Oh, that was so good. What do you think, Lorena? No, I think like that was spot on. I loved it. (laughs) It makes me want to be a new mama just forever. Especially that last where you're like, they need to be catered for, they need to be loved and looked after. I'm like, I just want that always. I know. <laughs> have to always be pregnant. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we, as we mentioned, we have an incredible guest with us today. Jenna, do you want to tell us a little bit about Lorena? Absolutely. So Lorena has an MBA in finance and has always been an entrepreneur at heart. She first realized her love for business and entrepreneurship while 
during, uh, while starting a real estate investment fund. She later discovered her passion for technology and the digital industry and left to pursue a career where she could combine all of her interests. Today, Lorena is the co-founder of two successful companies, Wella Creative Studio, which is a strategy and design studio, and Majka, a brand focused on providing wholesome nutrition and lactation support products for new moms. She also handles her own lifestyle blog, which is called Call Me Lore, and is mom to baby Diego. Diego. Oh my God. Thank you so much for that amazing introduction. How how (laughs) old is Diego now? Diego's two and a half. It's crazy. They just grow up so fast. I feel like a grandma saying that, but they do grow up so fast. I know, right? I, I have one that's two and a half as well. And I just can't believe that she's like already a little person. She's she's a kid. She's not even a baby anymore. I know, like talking everything, saying no to everything, right? <laughs> yeah, mine is all of the teenager oh. stage right now, saying no to everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, just yeah, a yeah. fake lady. Hang on to that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Um, Lorena, I am so happy that you have created this business for to nourish nursing mamas. Honestly, when I first started nursing and had my whole postpartum um, episode, I had no idea that there were any type of resources like this. I just knew about the pump station where I'd go to try get some type of guidance because the latch wasn't working. I was getting gorged X, Y, Z, but to know that there, you have created really great products and a blog, which is a great resource to help mamas with this very confronting time often, it's just brilliant. We need more of, more of this out there. So thank you. Oh my God. No, it's crazy though. But I feel like everybody's so focused on the, and so was I, you know, when I was pregnant with Diego and like the pregnancy period, right? Because mm-hmm. the baby's inside of you and like, it's like all of these things and you think that everything that you eat might affect the baby and everything that you do. But I think few people realize that even after the baby's born, everything that you do affects the baby. You know, if you don't feel good, that affects the baby. If you are not nourishing yourself, how you should be like that also affects the baby. So I would love for more people to start perceiving the postpartum period with as much respect and as much like proactive education as they do, as they do the pregnancy part, you know? I totally agree. Everyone was talking to me about the birth and how to best handle the birth and the pregnancy, but no one, not even my mother, mentioned the journey and the marathon of breastfeeding, of nursing. No no one mentioned it. It was just like, oh, you'll figure it out. I was completely shocked by what my body had to go through and what the postpartum um, period looked like. I was completely unprepared. So that's a really good point. We need to educate ourselves on both, <laughs> both um, you know, transitions. So why don't we start off by you telling us about what inspired the birth of your business? Much yeah. So actually, like, I feel like, and I'm Mexican. If you can hear my accent, that's why, like, I have that accent. But I, I grew up it. in Mexico City, and um, our culture is very different, you know. So when I decided to stay here after school, got married, and like all of those things, like everything was great. Everything was normal. And uh, then all of a sudden, like we decided to start a family and like all of these things. And I was just like, oh, like everybody does it. You know, like I feel like same as a a lot of new moms, I put all my emphasis in pregnancy, making sure that I was having the best prenatal, eating really well, like all of those things. But 
then all of a sudden, like being a lot through Wella, my branding agency, like being very involved with like the digital space and social, I just kept seeing moms have babies and it just looked easy, you know? It looked easy. Wow, wow. Yeah. It just looked so easy. Like all the illusion like, of Instagram. Right. Everybody was like wearing makeup two days later. I was like, this I got this, you know, like this is gonna be easy. And I remember like being at the hospital and the nurse walking out after I had him and she's like, okay, you can get him dressed. And just trying to get him in a onesie took me like 30 minutes. And I was like, okay, this is not going to be easy. <laughs> like I was up for like a rude awakening, you know? So mm. that's when like, and I feel like bringing back the culture part, I feel like in other cultures of the world, like in my culture, for example, there's a lot more respect and a lot more care for what the mom just went through and a lot more recognition. So it was a little bit hard for me that owning my own business and all of those things, like people that were around me weren't necessarily like, of course, my mom, my dad, everybody was trying to be very careful with me, my husband, but everybody else was kind of like expecting me to continue to do my work and like all of those things. So started getting a little bit anxious. So I went back to work really quickly. Like two weeks after having Diego, I was already going to the office, checking on our projects, like doing all of those things. And people just kept reinforcing how amazing that was. You know, like they were like, oh my God, you're amazing. Like you already are feeding back on your clothes and like you're working. And I honestly like kept getting that positive reinforcement, but internally I was dying. Like I was like crumbling. Like I was extremely depleted. I was feeding into my jeans because I wasn't eating. I didn't have time to eat. Um, all of the wellness focus that I've always had kind of like went out the window. No, because I wanted to, because I forgot. I feel like I was in survival mode. So I was trying to be super entrepreneur, super mom, super wife. And then I left myself behind. So one day, and I've told this story multiple times, but one day I was crying and my dad happened to find me when I was crying. And he was like, what's wrong? And he, kn- he knows me better than anyone. And he was like, Lorena, you love your baby? And I was like, of course I love my baby. It's like, you know what the only thing he needs, like right now, the only thing he needs? And I was like, what? And he's like, for you to be okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if you love your baby so much, you're going to do what's best for you. And that will result in Diego being okay. And that completely changed my perspective because I was expecting for people to tell me, oh, Lorena, why don't you go take a nap? You know, like for permission. And from then on, I changed my perspective. I knew I was very nutritionally depleted. I was losing all my hair. Um, I was going through a lot of exhaustion. And I know ex- I being tired is normal, but not exhausted. So I was like, I'm going to start looking for things, things that can adapt to my lifestyle, things that can make nourishing my body easy and effectively and that I'm not scared of. So I remember walking through the house of Whole Foods and Sprouts and I was like, there's nothing, there's nothing that's going to help me in this postpartum journey. Like none of these products are talking to me and some of the products that I would use, I'm scared of the label. So I was having problems with my milk supply. I was having problems with nutritional depletion and I was like, I need to do something about it. So we, I actually approached one of my friends and I was like, I have this idea. She's very passionate about nutrition. I'm like, let's do it. I have a background in branding, marketing. I know I can get us going in that. And then let's just look for good advisors to help us create the products. And I got really excited. And that's how, that's how Mashka was born. Beautiful. For that, (laughs) that's how it was born. No, I, we love good stories on MLF. It's all about the story. And that was a brilliant story. Well done. So can I ask you, did you have no postpartum plan? Because obviously we all have birth plans 
And as you said, all the focus was going on that. But often we don't plan, okay, I'm going to take this amount of time off work. I'm going to eat this and sleep here and ask for help and have a postpartum doula. Did you have any plan for postpartum? Oh my God, no. And I feel so dumb for not like doing it right now. But like I said, I just kept seeing, I, my family is not that big. So I didn't have any close relatives having babies at that point. No one talked to me about it. Not even my OB, not even the doctor was like, Hey, like, do you have a postpartum plan? Like, I just thought like you had your baby, you went home, you didn't sleep for some time, but everything was going to be amazing, you know? And I didn't, I thought I was like, oh, breastfeeding. Like, it seems so obvious. You put your baby right next to your boot, the baby eats, you know? And yeah. so I, I had no plan and I had no, but also all the people that were surrounding me around that stage never told me I needed to have one, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I went into motherhood extremely unprepared. And if I were to do it again, I would, of course, like do a plan and do everything. But I feel like all of this caught me in the point where I was just trying to survive, trying to learn to be a good mom, trying to learn how to care for myself. And at the same time, I was just like, I was just doing it. But I think a plan would have been extremely helpful. And if I have a second one, I would do it for sure. Yeah, I'm even going as far for the second, you know, in in planning the fantasy of my second birth, I'm going to get a postpartum doula, not just just like a doula for the birth, um, just to kind of, help hold that space of nourishment and and um recovering so i i have a question in the mexican culture because in many other cultures they have um the 40-day period resting period for a mother and it's kind of instilled in their culture where the the grandmothers or the mothers encourage the younger mothers to take 40 days bedridden where they're not allowed to leave the house they're not allowed to lift a finger and all the aunties and sisters and mothers or babysitters or whoever you can get are in there cooking, cleaning, changing sheets, doing everything, holding the baby, letting you sleep. But for 40 days, they say that you must lie still and flat as much as you can in order for your body to get the proper replenishment and rest it needs in order to handle and integrate the birth, the trauma of the birth and integrate the baby and understand the breastfeeding and then be able to um, replenish. Otherwise, I mean, me personally, I just never recovered from my birth because I never took that 40 days out. So sorry, my question was, in Mexico, do they have the 40-day rest period in your culture? It's not necessarily that it's recognized as a 40-day resting period, but I feel like also like being in a Latin culture, like families are way closer. So you do have your aunts, you do have your mom, you do have like a lot of the women in your family there surrounding you and helping you. So more than having a 40 day period, I feel there's more of like a recognition of like what you just went through and a recognition that you're not about to like, you shouldn't be at the mall two days later, you know, and like how your family needs to be there kind of like as a support system to cook for you, to help you rest. Because I feel like there's more um, awareness into like, okay, if mom's okay, baby will be okay. And she just went through a lot, you know? So I, I, I don't think there's like that recognition of the 40 day period, but there is significant more recognition about the postpartum care and how the people around you are there to support you because it does take a village, you know, as we all know now. Yes. And was your mom there when you had the baby or was she in Mexico or did you have that support system or not really? Well, my mom was there, you know, like my mom was there. My mom was amazing, you know, but 
I feel like my poor mom too was trying to help with so much. And it was just like her and I, and like just trying to figure things out, but I would have died without her. Like, it was like, no, like you need to be here and I need to stay, you know, but I feel like she was my, my parents more than anything were the ones that were like, Hey, like, what are you doing going to the office? You know, like, what are you doing? Like doing these things. And I was just like, they're crazy. You know, they don't get it. Like I even got mad at them a couple of times. I was like, you guys don't get it. And they were the ones that were like, no, you don't get it. You just went through a lot. Like you can't be just acting as if nothing happened because major change just happened, you know, but I feel like I was just trying to be, I don't know. I was just in a like, I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to accept that what they were saying was true. And I wanted to, I think I had a huge fear of being perceived as weak. Mm-hmm. And now, like, I feel like if I had a second one, I could care less about what people think if I'm weak or not. I, I, I come first. And if I'm good, I know my family will be good. But I feel like at that point, I was in a very like emotional roller coaster where I was like, I was very concerned of people. Like, even like when I started feeling really bad, I was like, I can't stop going to work. What are my employees going to think? Like, is my team going to think that I'm just lazy at home laying down when it's like everybody around you? And now I know this as a pregnant mom, you need to educate everyone around you. You know, you need to be open with everyone, like your family, your coworkers, people that you work and say like, hey, this is what I'm going to be going through. This is my postpartum plan. I'm going to be responding to emails this much. Don't expect to see me in 40 or 60 days. This is how I want to maintain communication with you guys. And that would have been so much better, you know, but no one, no one told me and I didn't see it anywhere. But now we're huge advocates for that and hoping through like our magical resources, we can educate other pregnant moms into like how impactful a plan like this and even communicating it to your closest um, group of people, whether it's employees or family could impact your postpartum experience. Absolutely. And a plan is so important because as you said earlier, it's like, you think it's going to go one way. Like you think, Oh, I saw it on Instagram. Babies are cute. They're just (laughs) everything's going to be fine. But then when it actually happens and you actually just had a baby and now you have to take care of the baby and breastfeed and all of this, you really do get into survival mode. You know, like you had said that before, but it's like, you cannot even think you're just surviving at that point. So to have a plan beforehand and to set this all up beforehand is really going to come in handy because you're not going to have the wherewithal to be able to do it after the baby comes. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of us are so embarrassed to ask for help. Why? Mm -hmm. You know, like why, like, why should you be embarrassed? You know, it's like, those people that are around you, like really care about you and you value those relationships, you would do that for them as well, you know? So even voicing to your friends or to your family that you want a meal train plan language, like they can support you for the first two or three weeks of the baby being born. Like people are going to say yes, you know, like we're also busy and so caught up with our busy lifestyles that if you bring it up, like they maybe haven't thought about it, but if you bring it up, they'll be super happy to help, you know? So I feel like learning how to ask for help and learning to accept help, it's also super important in that period. And it's a gift for people around you in your community and your family that people get a kick out of helping people that they love. It's it's great. What why else do we have community if we can't depend on them in these insane times? Um Jenna, I I want to know, how was your postpartum um, period, Jenna, when it came down to just did you allow yourself the 40-day rest period or how was that experience for you? Well, let's see. I would say that I really can relate to Lorena's um, experience when she's talking about, um, 
you know, just thinking it's all going to be easy. Like just thinking that, oh, I got this, you know, that's kind of how I went into um, the first time I had a baby. I just was like, oh, I got this. It's not going to be hard. But then it was like, once the baby came out and I didn't have sleep and I was having to recover, it was like, wah, wah, wah. This is not easy. This is super hard. And then I was kind of playing catch up um, the whole time. And then when the, and I, I don't think I really took care of myself or like waited for 40 days or anything like that, because I was just kind of the same things that you were saying. It's just, um, not wanting to be perceived as weak, not wanting to per- be perceived as like lazy, um, yes. you know, but just realizing that's not laziness. Letting your body heal is, is is it like a medical necessity? It's not laziness. You know what I mean? But I just didn't have that perspective. Mm. And then, um, Mm. when the second baby came for me, um, I definitely, um, gave myself more leeway. I had a little bit more of a traumatizing actual birth. So I actually did spend more time and energy in just letting myself heal. And because of the way the birth went down, I think like people gave me a little bit more space to heal and they didn't expect that much from me. And also kind of uh, what you're saying before too, is like, I didn't really care anymore. I was like, I didn't care if people perceived that I was weak. I didn't care anymore. I was just like, I have to do this for, for my survival and for my family to be okay. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend how I went, how I did it because I wasn't like a hundred percent mindful and I could have had a way better plan. But um but yeah, I definitely learned that you do have to respect and nourish new mamas and really give them space and love and help because they really do need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, big time. I, um, how about you, Amber? You you had you had a baby. I mean, so, <laughs> basically, I completely underestimated the postpartum, the, really the birth as well. I did a natural, unmedicated water birth at home. And I was like, oh, I've got a great pain threshold. Um, You know, I've got a real warrior kind of spirit. I can handle things. And we've been birthing since the beginning of time. Of course, my body knows how to do this. It can't be that bad. (laughs) So the birth was very, very, very intense pain-wise. And I think that because it was so intense, my system, my nervous system was quite traumatized. So after the birth, the postpartum was quite hard for me to integrate what had happened. I was quite out of my body for the first couple of weeks. So not really feeling connected to the baby, my body, anything. And I, as you guys, no one told me about how nursing is a whole other world that you have to be familiar with and understand. And there are so many variables that can happen in that period. Luckily, my milk did come in because I had I have many friends that struggled with their milk coming in, which is my next question to Lorena. But just to finish my story, um, my boobs were so engorged and so oh I was God. starting to get mastitis. My nipples were so broken and bleeding and just chapped. And I, I had every day my mom told me cabbage leaves. So I, I would have like 10 cabbages in the fridge and would get out a cabbage leaf and hold it over each boob when the baby wasn't breastfeeding. And my boobs would be throbbing with blood and milk. And it was really, really hard for me, the breaking in of the breastfeeding. And then I started getting clogged milk ducts. So I didn't know what that was. I had to push into 
the pain to try release the milk clog, the the milk the 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 clogged milk duct. It was just so traumatic and intense, and I wasn't prepared. And the baby's latch. It's so common to have a tongue-tied baby these days, which you're not really prepared yeah. for either. So. Wait, what do you mean these days? Was it not common in the past? Well, I, no one ever told me about it, but I would say eight out of ten people that I know have ha- had tongue-tied babies, which makes nursing really painful in the beginning because they're not getting a proper latch on the nipple. And so the tongue is constantly scraping against it, which is what causes such a hard breaking so I don't know what has happened genetically I'm not sure if it's always been like that but I can't imagine that nature would create that kind of you know malfunction (laughs) in the baby boob kind of dynamic but anyway just to wrap up my story it was really hard and I didn't have any problem with milk supply but the breaking in and underestimating how intense the getting a handle on the nursing was was a real shock but Lorena, tell us about your lactation situation. Do you have problems with milk coming in? Oh my God, I did have actually problems with my milk coming in. And it's just, uh, it's again, the lack of education, the lack of expectation, but um, I was so stressed out. But if you look at the statistics, just I think less than 2% of women actually are not able to produce milk. So 98% of us are able to produce milk just Maybe for some, it takes a little bit longer. For some, it takes a little bit less, you know, but it also depends on like our level of stress, like other things that are going on. But for me, I had it in my mind so much because I feel like the idea of like formula and giving babies other um, like other alternatives to breast milk has been a little bit demonized nowadays. Um, so I was obsessed with the fact that I, because I wanted to do the best for my baby. I was obsessed with like needing to like breastfeed and giving them him just breast milk. But, you know, like that was life's way of saying, like, you never say never, you know, and you're never in control and you just embrace change. My milk didn't come in. It wasn't coming in. And Diego has always been a pretty good eater since he was born. And I could see that my baby was really hungry. And at the hospital, they kept telling me that a newborn can survive for up to three days without milk. So I actually like my milk wouldn't come and it was a second day and I was like, he was crying, you know, and I knew he was hungry. You have that motherhood instinct. And my mom was like, you need to give him formula. And I was like, what are you talking about woman? Like, I'm not gonna, you know, everybody has told me, no, like it's going to affect this and that. And just like Lorena, he's hungry. Like you were acting selfishly. He's really hungry. So, um, I gave him formula and he calmed down. So you never had your milk come in, not colostrum, nothing? No, I did. I did. So it took me, it took me like two or three days and then it started coming in and then I started taking supplements. I started nourishing myself. And I think as the stress level went down, my milk started coming in as well. And I was able to, I was able to breastfeed him after that time and then everything was okay. But in the beginning I did have to supplement with formula and you know what now that I think about it and I'm not in that like crazy survival mode and that emotional roller coaster it was the right thing to do you know like I feel like whatever it is like we shouldn't judge each other and like always fed is best and that's what Diego needed at that time I gave him the best formula that I could research and waited for my milk to come in and then started taking some supplements started eating some foods relaxed a little bit and he thrived you know he was fine but I feel like 
all of us as women too, we put this unnecessary pressure around each other about the things that we should and should not do that I don't think we do it on purpose, but that really messes up with the postpartum experience of new moms. And also I just love for listeners who, you know, might need to supplement with formula in those first couple of days. It, it, it just, we've heard from your story. It's, it's fine. It, it's totally fine to do that. If your baby is hungry and you need to supplement with formula a little bit, it's not going to prevent you from breastfeeding. It's not going to hurt your baby. And yes. so just to even just say that. You need to be calm. The more yeah. you stress about it, the more you think about it, the, the more that it's just like a snowball effect, you know? So once you're calm, once your baby, then you can like, if your baby's not crying, like you can relax a little bit, your milk will come in, you know, but waiting a little bit until it comes in, it's not the end of the world to give a little bit of, of a formula because it's going to keep you calm. It's going to keep the baby calm. So if your milk comes up the first day, amazing, you know, but if you don't, then it's okay. Things don't always go according to plan and it's okay. Yeah. And what I got from that story is the less attached you are to how things are going to be and how things are going to look, the smoother of a ride you will have. Because the, the moment we're so attached to everything going a certain way, you know, they say God just laughs at our plans and it, we have no, birth and motherhood and nursing. And it is all such a mystery that you're setting yourself 100%. up for, for disappointment if you're going to be attached to it all going a certain way. And just being gracious with yourself. You know, I feel like us as moms, we're experts of like bringing ourselves down. How come I can't produce more milk? Like I'm failing my baby. I'm failing myself. Like I remember all of these thoughts that go through my head. Like what did I do wrong? It's like, hey, calm down. You just went through like such a huge thing. Like be grateful for it, change your mindset. And I believe now more than anything that it's all about your mindset, you know, and it's all about being open and it just, it, it changes your whole experience. I like literally was putting myself down so much that when I think about it, I'm like, I'm even a little embarrassed, you know, but it's like, you should be your number one first supporter, you know, and if who cares if everyone else, but if you're gracious with yourself and if you support yourself, like then, then you're good. You're in for a way better journey. And like, just as moms loving ourselves as much as we love our children or we love our husbands, like as much as you would forgive your husband or your child, like you should forgive yourself as much, you know, and just giving that tenderness to yourself. I 100% agree. I couldn't agree more. And so can we talk a little bit about what we think the main culprits are for issues with lactation, just so mamas can avoid having any issues as much as possible. So obviously stress is majorly connected to the running of our physicality in every way. So as you said, the more support you can have, more of a plan you can have to hold you in that space of just relaxing, sleeping when baby sleeps, rejuvenating. You also said dietary-wise, there are some smart moves you can make to nourish your system and supplements. Can you step us through some diet choices you made and some supplements that helped set you up for a good nursing journey and help your milk come in? Of course. And I think talking about like common problems, just like I'm a big stats person because I feel like they're just a good way of like seeing what's going on and what's happening and the problems that people are facing. It's crazy when we started into the Tamashkar journey, like we realized that up, I think more than 60% of women do not make it to their breastfeeding goals. So why, right? Like why are majority of them start their journey and they're like, okay, like my goal is to do six months or my goal is to do a year, whatever their goal is. 
60% of them are not making it. And it's because a lot of the lactation issues that we're seeing, you know, like one of them being like overstress, like over pressure on yourself. The other one, like really important one, like whether it's like tongue ties, like you were talking about, or like the mom just being extremely exhausted, anxious. It's just that being anxious, being sad, being depressed, like it's just as it affects you as much as as the stress, you know. So your milk supply also going back to work is a big issue with lactation. So moms actually trying to reincorporate themselves into the workforce and seeing their supply completely drop. So I feel like there's a lot of like issues that people have with lactation, but I think a lot of these issues could be solved, prevented and better addressed if we had better education during the pregnancy period. Because I mean, you guys were telling your story too, but Emery, if you would have known that your baby, like what a tongue tie is and how to be prepared and how to address that, you would have probably had a way better experience, you know, and maybe, maybe some women like don't stick through it. They go through your same experience and they're like, enough, you know, enough is enough. But if they would have been better prepared on how to deal with that tongue tie or how to take care of themselves and their boobs and all of that, maybe they would have been able to reach their goals a little bit better. But I feel like a big culprit or a big, big problem is the lack of education and the lack of people speaking about breastfeeding and not just the amazing things about breastfeeding, but also the things that can go wrong. And proactively, how can you address those things to have a better experience? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Support team. We need mothers, aunties, food train, lactation yes. consultants. We need... The, Even us, yes. as other mothers sharing our experience, you know, and having other new moms learn from our experiences. Mm-hmm. My, I have a little tip is just... Um, Whenever the baby cries, just put them on the boob. Like even if you don't know, (laughs) just put them on the boob and let them let them suckle, suckle, suckle all the time, because then it's going to stimulate the milk production and it's going to stop the baby from crying. Yes, I completely agree with that one. The more you breastfeed, the more the more milk that you will have come in, and then your supply will regulate. You know, I feel like a lot of our moms also are very fearful of having an extreme oversupply. But for majority of us, over a couple of months, your supply will regulate and that shouldn't be a problem. And the more you breastfeed, the skinnier you get, ladies. I just got to (laughs) say, that breastfeeding, it's a a win-win situation. God knows what he was doing when he figured that one out. Um, Yeah. I have heard heard some counterexamples to that as well. So, I mean, that was true for me, but I don't know. And I think it's true for a lot of people, but I also have heard that for some people it it hasn't worked that way. So just don't get discouraged if it doesn't work that way. Bio-individuality, not every you know, no two bodies are the same kind of thing. But for me, and I would say 80, 90% of my girlfriends who have had babies, the more they breastfed, the more the uterus shrank, the body shrank, everything comes back together. Everything, I mean, and then the body starts to get into your fat deposits in order to fill the milk with as many, as much fat as possible. So I think that's kind of how it works. Yeah. I completely. But so let's talk about supplements and diet. Are there some specific things that nursing mothers can focus on or have stocked in the fridge to make sure they are mindfully nourishing their milk supply and their bodies during this period? Yes. So like this is a huge passion of mine because I feel like, again, everybody goes into nutrition during pregnancy, but very few people focus on nutrition postpartum. And 
one of the things that I would like to say is that I truly believe that you are what you feel your body with and what you can digest in your body. So if you're not necessarily giving your body the right fuel, then it just adds to the storm that you're going through. So it's not just about being able to produce enough milk for the baby, you know, it's not just about that. It's also about how you, you will be able to feel like how you will be able to perform if you're putting the right fuel into your body and how this nutrients can actually help you navigate this journey, you know? So I would say that the number one thing to do is, which is super important, it's all of us are different. And we were just talking about it right now, you know, but I feel like you eat, first of all, like you eat when you're hungry, you drink when you're thirsty, you know? So just being mindful that you don't need to overeat, like you're not because I feel like the internet is a a blessing and a curse. So we go and see articles and we're like, oh my God, you need to eat like extra 500 calories. Like, and then some, we see some women like force themselves, like the extra force going calories. So I am personally not a huge believer on that. I'm a big believer on like listening to your body. So if you're hungry, eat, don't deprive yourself because you're trying to like lose weight or you're trying to like whatever, like just listen to your body. If you're hungry, eat. If you're thirsty, drink. And another thing, very, very important, keep taking like your prenatal or postnatal vitamin, or if you have a powder, take that, but keep taking that because that's really, really important. Your body, like when you're producing breast milk, your body is really smart and your body wants to feed the baby. So your body will take whatever it needs from you. So don't be scared. And like, when you hear like, oh my God, like if I don't eat this, like my baby's not going to get the nutrients, your body's going to get depleted, but your baby's going to get those nutrients, you know? So, um, like something like calcium, like folic acid, it doesn't matter if you're not eating a a diet rich in those, it's not going to affect your baby. It's going to affect you which you are the main take the main person taking care of the baby. So it does affect the baby like indirectly. So I would say like, keep taking your prenatal, keep taking your DHA, very important. Iodine, very important for postpartum recovery. And a lot of us, I don't know if you guys have heard, but a lot of us women are suffering, myself included, from thyroid issues postpartum. So making sure you're taking iodine and you don't necessarily have to take a supplement you can eat kelp, seaweed a couple of times a week, um, calcium rich foods, like whether you are vegetarian, you can also do like orange, like broccoli, cheese, if you're not uh, vegan or vegetarian, and then just focusing on on foods that are whole, whole foods, you know, I feel like staying away from over-processed foods, like just making sure it's very difficult for you, like, because I know it's a huge concern in addition to the milk supply, it's you feeling starting to feel like yourself again, but I'm going to say that I'm a true believer that if you're mindful about what you eat and you eat whole foods in this period, your body will go back to how you want it to be, you know? So I feel like you don't need to obsess about the things that you're eating. If you put your focus into like what you can eat versus what you cannot eat, because that's another big thing of why we see not women like wanting to breastfeed more or anything like that. Like um, focus on what you can eat and focus on nourishing your body with like whole foods. And you're going to see that your breast milk is going to come. And then you're also going to feel better in terms of like foods that help with lactation. I don't know if you guys have heard of the term galactogun. So I always destroy that word, but there's a lot of foods like fennel, like brewer's yeast, like turmeric, like all of those things are very helpful during this journey. And then oats also help with your milk supply and really, really effectively is healthy fats. So your ghee, nut butters, avocados, like breast milk has a high concentration of fat. So eating healthy fats is actually very, very helpful during this period. 
and not just because of the milk supply, but also keeping you fueled and satisfied during this. Like it requires a lot from your body, you know, so giving it the right fuel is very, very mm-hmm. important. I totally agree. And on that note of how important it is to nourish our bodies, I would love to announce that this episode sponsor is Honor Organics. Now we have all heard the saying, you are what you eat, but it's just as important to understand that we are what we put on our skin, our largest organ on our body. I use my Ona Organics Radiant Face Oil every day. And unlike other oils that I've used in the past, it actually absorbs beautifully into my skin and smells so good. I could eat it. And that's a pretty good indication that you're onto the right product. And what really sets this brand apart is the use of its secret or I guess not so secret ingredient, which is the Moringa. Now, Moringa is a tree that grows in India and has been used for many centuries for healing and reduction of inflammation. This has been called the most nourishing plant on earth. And Ona Organics uses Moringa in every single one of their products. And I think I can, I can feel it. I can feel how nourishing and healing and subtle and beautiful it is in all of their products. So guys, we love this women-owned company influenced by the wisdom and the healing of ancient Eastern medicine. Enjoy your skin by supporting Ona Organics. Get your 20% off your entire order. Go to shop tab or Ona Organics and use this discount code MLF at checkout. Now let's get into the episode. And so, Lorena, you have designed two products on your website, some delicious-looking superfood cookie bliss balls and stations, <laughs> chocolate flavor, non-chocolate flavor, hitting all the right marks there, and also an epic protein powder for lactic. This, I look through your ingredients and I am so impressed. I'm a bit of a geek when it comes down to superfood, organic, like, state-of-the-art ingredients and you have really nailed it with these two products all organic and incredible can you step us through your formulas and why you've chosen these two products as your kind of superheroes yes and i'm very excited and passionate about this because when we were developing our products like something that was important there were a couple of things you know so we wanted our products to be no excuse nutrition so by this i mean a lot of the excuses of I don't have time, like I can't do this. So no excuses. Like everybody hopefully has a two, three minutes to mix a smoothie and everybody has a time to open a bag and get a lactation bite, you know? So we wanted to make them like no excuse nutrition and we wanted to make it with the highest quality ingredients. And most importantly, we wanted like our moms to be able to read the labels and not feel like I felt in that period where I was scared of taking everything. So um, that was kind of like the overall like strategy of what we wanted to create. And then we were trying to solve like with the protein powder, like especially we were like, okay, like this moms are really, really, really busy yet. Yet they're being asked to take their postnatal vitamin, their protein intake needs to increase during this, this period. And then they're also taking some sort of lactation support. So what if we actually created something extremely high quality that mixed all of these things and they could drink every day in the morning and just have an amazing nourishing shake that helps them fill their nutritional gaps, gives them lactation support, and then also the extra, a little bit of the extra protein that they need. So that's how we went about it with the powder. So with our nourishing lactation powder, you're going to see that we have a very extensive protein blend, which is very important for us. I know that you've seen majority of the powders out there, like it's either just pea protein and like all of those things. So 
For us, we have a wide variety of vegan proteins on the powder, and that's because you absorb each one of them differently. You know, I, I when we were doing this powder, I'm never going to forget when we were meeting with our manufacturers and they're like, Lorena, you're crazy. And my business partner, Smadra, is like, you guys are crazy. This is going to be super expensive to make. And I was like, I don't care. Like, I'm not being stubborn and I know this is a business, but I am not willing, I'm not going into business to compromise the product that I'm trying to do. I need to be able to love it. I need to be able to speak about it and I need to be able to be proud of it and drink it myself, you know? So um, we went with really high ingredients. So we have the protein blend, super important too. We added digestive enzymes because I've said before, I'm a big believer into like, you're not just what you eat, you're what you can digest. And we know protein is hard to digest. So we added digestive enzymes. We have a fruit blend, we have a vegetable blend, um, a lactation blend. It has a lot of galactogenic ingredients and herbs. And then, of course, um, your basic whole food-based vitamins. So we have um, vitamin A, like methylfolate. We have calcium, iron, iodine, and chelated minerals on the powder. So it's extremely nutrient-dense. And we actually just finished a study, which this is crazy, with over 200 moms trying our products on a daily basis. And one of the things that they noticed with the powder is a boost in energy, which that made me so so, so happy because if we can give moms like in that stage, a little bit more energy for them to enjoy better this period, like I'm oh, all yeah. up for I it. Some so, of that. So, needed, so needed. Right. <laughs> That's a little bit about the, the, the powder, but um, with our bites, I don't know about you guys, but when we were, I was going through like this, like lactation period and all that, I was taking everything. I mean, talk about like mother's milk tea. Like I was like, and you have no idea how many fenugreek pills I took, like, everything because I wanted to store milk and I like all of these things. But one of the things that a lot of people like gave me was lactation cookies and being a very health conscious person, like you guys are as well. Like I was eating these cookies and I felt guilty eating them. I felt like I was eating something with a purpose, which was helping with my milk supply, but I was also compromising some of my values in terms of like clean eating. So I was like, this is not okay. Like a lactation cookie should not be a dessert. It should taste amazing, but it shouldn't be a dessert. It should be nourishing. So we decided to create our nourishing lactation bites, which they're really effective for meal production, but they're also an amazing snack, a clean, good, wholesome snack to have in hand for new moms. Like something that you can share with your kids, with your husband, with your whole family, if you want to, because it's food, you know? So that's how we went about our lactation bites, but that's why we decided to bring it in because it was just going to be the protein powder. And we're like, no, let's just add also the lactation bites because we can change the game with this. And they're also the only um, refrigerated lactation bite. We don't have a short, uh, a long um, shelf life. We have a short shelf life of three months, which is below industry standard. A lot of the the cookies out there last for years and we're okay with that. I would be very suspicious if I had a cookie that lasted three years. I'm like, what preservative is in that cookie? Majority of them do. So we are proud that our shelf life is short and that's because we're using... Yeah, and really that it's so easy. I mean, as a a new nursing mama, you want to be able to do what's easy, what's time efficient. You don't want to stress about stewing over the stove for an hour and the fact that you can just go and grab, it's already, everything's thought about for you and formulated in the highest conscious way possible. And all you have to do is pop it in your mouth. It's all done for you. It's like really brilliant yeah. product. Well done. I would 
Oh my God. Yeah, thank I would you. love to get my paws on them. I'm going to order some as soon as we're off this interview, actually. I'm totally inspired by all of this. <laughs> thank you. And I just, I love your integrity. Your integrity around it is so, so beautiful. Because I think a lot of people in business would make decisions, you know, to have a lesser expensive product or a bigger profit margin or, you know, a longer shelf life. But I just love that you put your foot down and you just didn't want to, um, compromise you know sacrifice from your integrity so that's really it's, awesome it's crazy you guys like this people are trusting us and i know i've been there and you guys have been there it's such a vulnerable period that we don't want to add more worry into that period you know we want to come in and help and a lot of the comments that we get and i'm going to be super open with this it's like oh well the protein powder is so expensive and we don't care like we'll explain to our clients why it's so expensive like all the ingredients that are on it there's not a lot of education that goes on around like nutrition and people see protein powder, but they don't necessarily read the ingredients. So we, we're very, we're very proud of that. And something that for as long as we continue to do the company, we're never, ever, ever going to compromise the quality because I mean, we're, I feel like so grateful that these women are putting their trust in us that though I don't know the majority of them, we need to take care of them and they're trusting us. So I'm never that trust is the most valuable thing we have and I would never want to break it. You know? And that's very, very important More businesses should have your ethics. It's brilliant. Oh, <laughs> God, no, thank you. And no, also, no. you have the most incredible, stylish, um, <coughs> excuse me, blog. I love your blog. It's so jam-packed with useful and interesting tips <laughs> and recipes for new mamas. It's, I love it. So. Can you tell us a little bit about your blog? I mean, any nursing mamas or pregnant mamas out there, if you need any type of resources or recipes or tips on everything we've been discussing today, head over to this blog. It's so beautiful. Yeah, can oh you tell God, us a little bit you. about it and kind of what you think makes it different to all the other mama blogs that are out there? Yeah. So with the blog, like it's never been like, you know, a lot of bloggers like that's their full-time business. And I, that that's amazing. You know, I fully respect it. But for me, it's more of like an outlet where I, I'm always, I've always been the type of person, I don't know if you guys are like that, but that I try a product and I'm like, oh, you guys, next time I go to dinner with my girlfriends, I'm like, oh my God, everybody makes fun of me for that. Because I'm like, have you tried this lipstick? Have you done this? You know, like all of, I, I love to share information. And I also, I'm a very curious person. I've always been, so I'm constantly learning. And I truly believe like now that I'm an adult before I didn't believe that, but I believe that you can always live your better, your life better today than you lived it yesterday. So I was like, if I love how to share information, if I'm always like searching for these new things and I don't necessarily have the time to be seeing my friends all the time, like why not create a blog where I can share the things that I'm interested in? So I share a lot about business and how to like overcome the barriers of business because I know, especially for us moms, there are a lot of barriers when it comes to pursuing your professional dreams because I don't know if this happened to you guys, but I grew up in a very feminist family. My dad always told me that I was able to do whatever I want to do. And I believed it until I became a mom. And I was like hit with reality that even if you're in the most amazing marriage and equal relationship, you're always mm -hmm. going to be the mom. You know, I feel like if it was for my husband, like, I would, my, my son would never be vaccinated. Like he never remembers anything, you know, you're still the mom, you know? So all, all of those things. So, um, with the blog specifically, like it, the whole point is to be able to empower like new moms and younger moms or like even just women that want to achieve like their top potential to, to do it. Not that I have achieved it yet, but 
if I have things that have helped me on this journey, like why not share them with everyone else, you know, and whoever the content resonates with, I'm grateful for. And if not, it's just a great avenue for me to share the things that I care about. Beautiful, such a gift. Wonderful. You've done a beautiful job with that. Oh my God, thank you. Thank you, thank you. That makes me so happy. And wow, this has been so inspiring. (laughs) I'm like, I'm all of your products right now. I'm just fantasizing about slurping down on a beautiful protein shake and (laughs) munching on those lactation cookies, even though I'm not lactating, but why not? I take them all the time. Like we have them at the office in our refrigerator here, and I like we're sometimes really busy. That you see, but you see girls all the time with a lactation cookie around for lunch. So oh my take them. <laughs> How does the lactation cookies and powders affect you if you're not lactating? Like uh, for the lactation cookies, just an amazing snack. Just like you would eat, like I don't know, one of your perfect bars or your RX bars. It's just a really nourishing. Um, snack that you can take, like the galactic and so the turmeric, like the fennel, the sesame seeds are all very anti-inflammatory and good for you anyway. So when it's so funny, like, I'm just going to tell you guys this quick story, but when we're at shows or things like that, like we have men, right. That are with their, with their wives and they're, I'm like, try it. It's really good. And they're like, no, because I don't want to lactate. And I always, and I always say, and I'm like, Hey, you, you're not that lucky biologically that you can lactate. And second, you don't lactate when you eat curry, right? Like it's like, it's just spices. It's just spices that happen to stimulate your prolactin, which stimulates lactation. But if you're not lactating, they're good for you. They're good for you anyway. You know, it's just foods, very anti-inflammatory with your ginger and turmeric. So they're perfectly fine to take, even if you're not nursing. And with the protein powder, I feel like a lot of us moms, I take it every day. We're just living a very busy life. And very few of us have the opportunity to not just eat healthy all the time, but also eat a diverse diet, which is that's how you get majority of your micronutrients. So with something like the powder, whether you're lactating or not, you're ensuring that you at least get some of the most important nutrients, whether you have the time to have that whole food diverse mm-hmm. diet. And or not. you actually have a code for our listeners, don't you? Yes, guys, if you go in and use um, Love Mashka, you can do 20% off and we'll link it. I'll send it to you guys and you can um, link it on the show notes. But if you guys also listening have any questions about the product, anything like don't be like, don't hesitate to just reach out. Like someone from our team will respond. Even myself, I will respond. Like if you guys have any questions, I understand that this time, uh, like being new moms, it's about a lot of questions. So just let us know about anything. Brilliant. And I think the title was actually MLF 20 for this cup. Well, that's true. I was reading it here. I'm so sorry. I read it wrong. Just to be super clear for our listeners. If you want to discount yeah. on this incredible product where you don't have to be breastfeeding, you can just be an average kind of gal who wants a superfood hit, use code MLF20 for a discount and we will link your, your website to the show notes. Well, amazing. Thank you so much. I think, I think a lot of lactating moms who are listening are going to really find a lot of wisdom and deliciousness with your products. Oh my God. Thank you so much. And you guys, thank you so much for giving me the space to talk about this and thank you. And I hope that everybody listening, or if you are a pregnant mom or a new mom, you just listen to yourself and follow your intuition. And thank you so much. Thanks for coming on, honey. And just to wrap up, we always offer our listeners an invitation to try on that's related to everything that we're talking about in our episode. So I would like to invite any listeners who are pregnant or nursing 
to just step back and don't hesitate to make a bit of a postpartum plan for yourself, including support, timelines, nourishing foods and supplements, and just the space to relax your body and relax your mind to give your system the best chance possible to be flowing and doing what it needs to do to supply your little baby with the health and happiness that it needs. Um, And that's it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Thank you for being on, Lorena and Jenna and me, (laughs) to dive into this. Um, If you liked today's episode, please, we would love and appreciate for you to leave us a review on iTunes. They really help us grow and spread the good love and light. And also subscribe to the Mother Loving Future Show if you have not already on iTunes, just to stay in the loop with each week's new podcast release. And that's it, guys. I'm I'm really happy to have dove into this with everyone and can't wait to have you with us next week. Have an incredible week and um, see you then. Ta-ta!